Hello and welcome to the Write for Your Life podcast, a show about creative writing, copywriting, reading and the ever-changing publishing industry. Bandwidth for December has been provided by Cashfly, the fastest, most reliable CDN in the business. Cashfly delivers all of our content here at 5x5 and they really are fantastic. Check them out at cashfly.com, that's C-A-C-H-E-Fly. And do let them know that you heard all about them here on 5x5. I'm Ian Broom, and this is a special Christmas episode of the Right for Your Life podcast. Um, if you had a look at how long it lasts, you might notice that it isn't in the usual format, and that's because indeed it is. It's Christmas. It's a special edition. And um, you may also have spotted that my trusty co-host Donna Sorensen isn't here. She she very much stuck true to her word. If you listen to last week's show, she said that she wasn't going to be around, and by crikey, she's not. But um, I think that's fine. I think we can let her off. Um, I do have some uh, bad news if you listened to the show last week. It was it was an impossible task for me to go back through all 140 shows and put together some kind of best of. There just wasn't enough time, not before Christmas. Um, so that's not what this is. But it is a, a special of, of, uh, of, of some sort, and um, I hope you enjoy it. And... Um, I also hope that you've enjoyed listening over the last year. I want to say a big thank you for listening to the Right for Your Life podcast, those of you who've been with us for a while. And if you're new to the show, then thank you for listening, and I hope that you stick with us into the new year. 2014 has been a pretty big year for the podcast, really. It's been um, it's been by far the most consistent uh, recording schedule that we've kept to, and that's in no small part to the fact that we moved to the wonderful 5x5 network, which happened earlier in the year. And um, and all of that really has been made possible by Donna herself. And um, um, uh, she's been fantastic and it's been great to uh, have her. And I think that she's kind of helped make the show into everything I always thought it could be and wanted to be, much more conversational and just good fun to do. And also about ten times better, um, I think, or at least I hope. So... Thanks, Donna, if you're listening. 2015, we're hoping to uh, carry on and keep building the show, talk about all of the latest writing, reading, publishing-related stuff that's going on in the world. Um, and uh, and we'll be talking, hopefully, more about our progress with our own work. Hopefully, we'll make more of it this year instead of complaining about the very simple act of having children. Um, and... Um, and hopefully you guys will be able to get be able to get uh, more involved too. So feel free to, as always, send us comments, emails, questions, or use the uh, the Twitter hashtag WFYL. Of course, you can do that. We'd also like to say a big thank you to my friend Joe Rose and Native and the Name who provided the music for uh, the Right for Your Life intro for many many episodes, most of the episodes. And, um, and for the music in this very show, as you will hear later. You can find out more about them in the show notes, which you will find at 5x5.tv slash WFYL slash 141. So I don't have a great deal more to say, apart from to once again quote, or at least refer to Ricky Gervais's quote about The Office, which is something that's really stuck with me this year, which is probably why I've mentioned it on the show at least 400 times. Um... But I do think it's important, and I think it's important at Christmas, or the holiday period, to think about it. If you haven't heard it before, I shall repeat it quickly. It was in an interview that Ricky Gervais did when he was promoting 
uh, uh, extras. So the series that he, TV show that he uh, produced after The Office, which was of course extremely successful and critically acclaimed. And someone said to him, or he was responding, he was responding to some sort of criticism. I don't know in what format. And he was basically responding to the criticism that um, extras, it's not as good as The Office, is it? And he said, well, that's all right. I wrote The Office. And I thought I've always, uh, it's always stuck with me and I repeat it here again because I think it's very important to celebrate your success in whatever it is that you do. Us writers, we do fret about things and we do worry about uh, what we're going to do next and and will we be successful, will we finish what we're working on, is anybody going to like what we're doing and it can be quite a lonesome process but we do have successes along the way and they're important to remember. Uh, it's important to uh, keep track of those achievements and uh, bring them out I think at certain times of the year. So worry about what you want to do in 2015, later and for now try, try your best, try to be thankful for what you have and I wish you a Merry Christmas, Happy Holidays, and I hope you enjoy the next 15 minutes or so. So oh. 
The Little Match Girl by Hans Christian Andersen Most terribly cold it was. It snowed and was nearly quite dark and evening, the last evening of the year. In this cold and darkness there went along the street a poor little girl, bareheaded and with naked feet. When she left home she had slippers on, it is true, but what was the good of that? They were very large slippers which her mother had hitherto worn, so large were they, and the poor little thing lost them as she scuffled away across the street because of two carriages that rolled by dreadfully fast. One slipper was nowhere to be found. The other had been laid hold of by an urchin, and off he ran with it. He thought it would do capitally for a cradle when he some day or other should have children himself. So the little maiden walked on with her tiny naked feet that were quite red and quite blue from cold. She carried a quantity of matches in an old apron and she held a bundle of them in her hand. Nobody had bought anything of her the whole live long day. No one had given her a single farthing. She crept along, trembling with cold and hunger, a very picture of sorrow, the poor little thing. The flakes of snow covered her long, fair hair, which fell in beautiful curls around her neck, but of that, of course, she never once now thought. From all the windows the candles were gleaming, and it smelt so deliciously of roast goose, for you know it was New Year's Eve, yes, of that she thought. In a corner formed by two houses, of which one advanced more than the other, she seated herself down and cowered together. Her little feet she had drawn close up to her, but she grew colder and colder, and to go home she did not venture, for she had not sold any matches and could not bring a farthing of money. From her father she would certainly get blows, and at home it was cold too. For above her she had only the roof, through which the wind whistled, even though the largest cracks were stopped up with straw and rags. Her little hands were almost numb with cold. Oh, a match might afford her a world of comfort if she only dared take a single one out of the bundle, draw it against the wall and warm her fingers by it. She drew one out. How it blazed, how it burnt. It was a warm, bright flame like a candle. As she held her hands over it, it was a wonderful light. It seemed really to the little maiden as though she were sitting before a large iron stove with burnished brass feet and a brass ornament at top. The fire burned with such blessed influence, it warmed so delightfully. The little girl had already stretched out her feet to warm them too, but the small flame went out 
The stove vanished. She had only the remains of the burnt-out match in her hand. She rubbed another against the wall. It burned brightly, and where the light fell on the wall, there the wall became transparent like a veil, so that she could see into the room. On the table was spread a snow-white tablecloth. Upon it was a splendid porcelain service, and the roast goose was steaming famously with its stuffing of apple and dried plums. And what was still more capital to behold was, the goose hopped down from the dish, reeled about on the floor with knife and fork in its breast, till it came up to the poor little girl, when the match went out, and nothing but the thick, cold, damp wall was left behind. She lighted another match. Now there she was sitting under the most magnificent Christmas tree, It was still larger and more decorated than the one which she had seen through the glass door in the rich merchant's house. Thousands of lights were burning on the green branches and gaily coloured pictures such as she had seen in the shop windows looked down upon her. The little maiden stretched out her hands towards them when the match went out. The lights of the Christmas tree rose higher and higher. She saw them now as stars in heaven. One fell down and formed a long trail of fire. Someone is just dead, said the little girl, for her old grandmother, the only person who had loved her and who was now no more, had told her that when a star falls, a soul ascends to God. She drew another match against the wall. It was again light, and in the luster there stood the old grandmother, so bright and radiant, so mild and with such an expression of love. Grandmother, cried the little one, oh, take me with you. You go away when the match burns out. You vanish like a warm stove, like the delicious roast goose, and like the magnificent Christmas tree. And she rubbed the whole bundle of matches quickly against the wall, for she wanted to be quite sure of keeping her grandmother near her. And the matches gave such a brilliant light that it was brighter than at noonday, never formally, had the grandmother been so beautiful and so tall. She took the little maiden on her arm and both flew in brightness and in joy so high, so very high, and then above was neither cold nor hunger nor anxiety. They were with God. But in the corner at the cold hour of dawn sat the poor girl with rosy cheeks and with a smiling mouth leaning against the wall frozen to death on the last evening of the old year. Stiff and dark sat the child there with her matches, of which one bundle had been burnt. She wanted to warm herself, people said. No one had the slightest suspicion of what beautiful things she had seen. No one even dreamed of the splendour in which, with her grandmother, she had entered on the joys of a new year.
When the sun's caught your eyes And you want to go there I'll be following close Making sure you take care And if you hit the wrong notes Then I won't leave you there I'll be giving you everything I've Thank you. 